0: go no we're
1: looking around for all they know we can afford one of these cars
0: you could have made a lot of money on the internet you and I both know there's no money in the internet
2: hello world this is chris abalo's podcast experiment and i am chris abalo welcome to the show where i'm joined once again by my co-host jack defranco hello there everybody and special guest panelist i suppose why not ryan taggart hey guys how's it going good how about you good 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 or was that rhetorical for the listeners
0: uh, yeah, everybody. It's, yeah, it's all answer if you want. I wasn't
1: talking to you.
2: <laughs> it's whoever wants to answer, Just shout it right out. If you're if you're in. Yeah, your don't car be shy. And, yeah, yeah. And you're here. Just let us know. <laughs> God. Right what now, we're hot. We're, it's hot. Oh, God, it's outfit. hot. We're, we're doing this on what's supposed to be the last hot day for the next week and a half. And uh, uh, I hope so. It's supposed to literally drop by like 10 degrees. It's been in the 90s for the last it feels like month and maybe it has been. But it's actually supposed to top out at like 85 over the next week, week and a half. And I hope that sticks because, man.
1: Good. I like it in the 80s. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just looked at the weather
0: report and it's like thunderstorms for six out of the next seven days. <laughs> uh, you know <laughs> what? Like, I, every day you see that and I'm like, but obviously, you know, scattered. So it could be hit or miss. But right. yeah. when you see that, like on the daily forecast where it's just thunderstorms every day, you're like, oh, <laughs> shit. <No way. laughs> How's I mean, that even possible? <laughs> th-
2: I would say that's even, for me, that's preferable to being impossibly hot out like as long as it's you know in the high 70s or something during the thunderstorms i'm okay with that i wouldn't mind yeah. that as much as just yeah, the, i agree. The, the punishing heat because yeah. if it's pouring i'm not going anywhere anyway but at least i mean especially because we're living on the top floor of this this duplex that we rent it's uh at least it would cool down which is the whole problem it cools down at night but as soon as it gets out during the day even though the air conditioner is on full blast all day and all night it still just gets up, and and then it's like yeah. seventy seven in the apartment, which isn't unbearable, but it's hotter so, than we would like it to be. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. So that kind of temperature yeah, totally.
0: inside feels a lot hotter than it does when you're outside. Yeah. Oh well, totally.
2: That's it. Like yeah. I'm inside, and I kind of want to be comfortable, so I would like it to hover around seventy two. Like that would be cool for me, but. Instead, I'm just yeah, walking air around. air conditioner,
0: like we have a we have a new air conditioner, and it's been struggling to keep the house at what we set it to. Mm. We have it set it to 72, and it's struggling to get it below like 76 or 77. Like yeah. for the last two weeks, same. It's pumping full blast all the time, and it's Mine, just like my window is units on so constantly.
1: Yeah, might have been yeah. shooting ice out. That's how hot it is. Like it just yeah. all day long, and then like a couple times a day, it goes. It's like an ice machine, like a little bit of ice cubes fly out of it from the front. So it's been great. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> that can't be right. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's probably not. Yeah. <laughs> or safe. Yeah,
2: Let's probably go. not. Probably not.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. been brutal, guys.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it, it sucked. And so the prospect of it maybe being cooler, or even if it means on and off thunderstorms, I, I'll take that Give over, it to me. over how it's been. I mean, now it's it's August, and I'm over it. i'm over the heat i'm over you know (laughs) even as much as i would like to go outside which isn't a whole lot but it would be nice to at least be able to and be somewhat comfortable comfortable
1: outside and go and do something yeah Yeah, it's it's too much it
2: is and that's kind of been the summer it's been crazy hot or it's been crazy humid or it's been thunderstorms that's just how it is (laughs) Yeah, 2020 is a motherfucker yeah so yeah Uh, to say the least new jersey (laughs) yeah And New Jersey, yeah, we get the full spectrum. But anyway, Mm
0: -hmm. let's talk
2: about good things. Uh, We were were going to do a bit of a a deep dive into our collecting in uh, Mm -hmm. kind of what we're into, what we've been into for a while, because it hasn't really been talked about at length because no one else cares other than us. No, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) but it it is something we, we would like to kind of get, talk about what we're nerdy with. Because we are and everybody does have their thing, which I always find funny because, you know, there there are people who every weekend are working on their car or going golfing or whatever. And then they're laughing at me for,
1: like, you know, buying CDs from Japan. I'm like, hey, you got your thing. I got my thing. Yeah.
2: Or or buying, you know,
1: Blu-ray. Whatever keeps you happy, keeps you happy as long as it's not detrimental to society and. Right.
0: Yeah, like, you, you what kind golf. of are you talking about, Jack?
1: I don't know. Look them up. Don't look them up. <laughs> oh, I take that to back.
2: Society. <laughs> I enjoy making bioweapons on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> unleashing them. I could on about a...
0: half a humanity. I could not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess we're, we're going to see.
2: I like unleashing Just them on. on an unsuspecting public.
3: That's what I do on my weekends.
2: <laughs> yes. Like that. That's after swiping on the tinder picture and saying like oh okay and then all of a sudden it's i enjoy making bioweapons oh okay yeah. <laughs> infectious diseases yeah. man it's really turn me on
0: you're a dangerous person to know
2: <laughs> <laughs> but uh we we did want to spend a little bit of time talking about the stuff that uh good stuff yeah get get away from all the bad stuff of which there's there's enough i mean okay we spent a few minutes bitching about weather yeah we've it, it's come to that <laughs> complaining about <Yeah>. the weather. <laughs> <laughs> but not for not for a lack of content that just comes out of annoyance because yeah. it's it's been a pain in the ass summer. But
1: well, anyway. in this day and age, you need some sort of hobby to keep yourself occupied, to keep yourself fixated on this instead of a fucking pandemic or brutal weather or, you know, bioweapons being made in somebody's garage somewhere. You just need something to enjoy yourself. Dude you need
0: an escape. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, you're yeah. you you're too right about that.
2: Because honestly, right now that's how I've spent so much time looking into a lot of things. And not for the idea of like buying and consuming and just I need to <clears throat> I need to buy more. I need more. It's not even coming yeah. from that kind of place. It's just I've been spending the time doing some research research on some things. And um, it's required a little more since, since in my case, there, there are times I'm I'm importing things from other parts of the world, which is right now is can be compromised depending on um, yeah. you know, some services are suspended. Some people aren't shipping to the U.S., but we'll, we'll get to me a little bit later. But, uh, Jack, I'd say you're uh, you and Ryan are, are the nerdiest of the three of us. <laughs>
3: oh, yeah, it's fair to say <laughs> in a classic
2: yeah. in the classic nerd sense. That's not an it's not yeah. uh, a pejorative. I mean yeah, it, I will not it, deny. Oh, right. Well, that's it. I mean, Ryan, Ryan had a website. <laughs> what called, am I going
1: to say? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah.
2: Ryan had a website called
0: Nerd I'm in the Box for crying out
1: loud. all the in the back. A lot of. Uh, I'm responsible for a lot of Ryan's. Uh, hobbies over the last 10 years that like jack
0: is fully responsible for <laughs> yeah. everything that i have. Yeah, jack, I mean i, I gave
1: fully. him the key and he just went shit up shit crazy so. yeah i
0: ripped the door off the hinges <laughs> <Yeah>. and
1: <laughs> but you can get all this <laughs> set it on fire <laughs> yeah you can huh. get all this stuff yes here you go <laughs> yep
2: i'd uh, agree with that ryan ryan was always a lit match when it came to liking things but jack just came with a 55 a, a gallon drum of gasoline and just poured oh it, on it on yeah and yeah. Now, Ryan's just out of control.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hate most of the, the I like. I really first like one. Yeah. First one's free. The rest is on you.
0: <laughs> I don't know about that. You've been my partner in crime for a decade yeah. now. I know. All the toy hunts. All, all the toy
1: them. hunts. That's a big bummer about this summer because we usually do like two or three of these a summer. And it's like.
0: I know. I miss toy hunting with you so Dude, much. Dude, we're going to have
1: to double up next year. All of us. Chris, you're coming yeah. along. Dude, I would Go take... But we're, you're going with us.
2: <laughs> I, I would take toy hunting right now, like as a group activity. I yeah. am so down for doing even that. <laughs>
0: yeah. you, you've always done it with us anyway. Yeah, I you, have. And you've always come along.
2: It's yeah. been it's been somewhat begrudging. Begrudgingly. I, I mean, yeah. there's stuff I look at and I say, oh, that's cool. But I don't get as into certain elements of it as, as you guys do, which yeah. is, I guess, to be expected. I'd be all for it. I'm sure places are slowly opening up, which is nice. But
1: yeah, th- there are some places that are trying to get back in business because a lot of them are independently owned. So right. a lot of them are like, we have to open, but we'll have limited capacity and only a couple of people at a time, and maybe one or two people go through and stand at an opposite end of the store. But it depends on a couple factors: size of the store, and you know, working with limited hours and a staff also. So it's right, just very. And, and the big box retailers aren't really helping because they're not stocking shit. So they don't stock
0: anything.
2: No. no. Well, not not related been, to this.
0: Target and Walmart have been miserable. I still walk down their toy aisles every time I'm in one, and they don't stock anything.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but yet they've become they were, the mayor of exclusive merchandise. And yeah, nothing particularly becomes- Walmart. Yes. Yeah.
0: How they get so many exclusives from these toy companies, I'll never understand. They must
1: have been like, – a company like Hasbro who uses – like who creates toys like Star Wars figures, Marvel figures, anything properties that we like. They end up being – they call them a great retail partner. I think they have dirt on Hasbro that like – and this is some conspiracy theory shit. Like, I, they must have dirt on Hasbro to be like <laughs> – fucking exclusives or we're going to expose this you know factory you've got filled with you know plutonium somewhere some shit who knows <laughs> <But> <laughs> uh, hey that, that could be stranger things and the people happened. who get screwed are people like me and you who are like I just want the thing that really would make me happy but yeah. I can't get it I mean you would think it's not and-
0: always like you, you go to Walmart looking for the exclusive it's not just that that's empty but everything's empty
1: yes the basics you stuff go and things. you're like
0: oh well maybe I'll, I'll pick up something else here like if something strikes my fancy and there's just nothing yeah Things are scattered all over the shelves. Nothing's hung up right there. Half the aisle is literally empty.
1: I I just don't
0: understand how you present a store like that for anything.
1: Yeah. And you feel responsible. It's like, oh, I got all my household needs. I'm going to add a figure in there just to make me feel good. And it's like there's fucking nothing. Yeah, Nothing's been restocked since Christmas twenty. Six seventeen. 17 i don't
0: know <laughs> one of those years
1: well it's it's yeah, frustrating cry
2: it's frustrating too because these are these stores are also posting record profits so yeah. yeah, you would uh-huh. think like they would be getting trying to get merchandise in or at least that's more that would be coming in but apparently not i don't know
0: yeah yeah you think nerds like us are still are still aren't trying to buy
1: toys right now we are
3: Trust I'm spending, me. <laughs> yeah,
1: believe me. Since I've been on the uh, on the shelf. I've been spending a little bit more than maybe I should have, but it's like, well, I got to, one, one, like said before, keep myself happy. But two, I have a little mm-hmm. bit of extra income at this time. It's like, you know what? I've been good for so long to do this and pay bills and I get stuff here and there. If this stuff I don't get that's one, I'd, if I don't get this now. I'm never going to get it. Two, I've got right. the capital to do it. Three. I feel like I deserve it. So I'm going to just treat myself a little bit. So
0: Treat yourself. That's right.
1: This is the way it is right now. So will this continue forever? Probably not. But I've indulged maybe a little bit more. And it's honestly been somewhat retail therapeutic to be like, okay, I had this on pre-order. Oh, I found this. It's on sale. Or you know what? I'm just going to bite the bullet. And this is it. I'm doing it. So it's been fun during this whole pandemic to maybe get something you want. But then again, you can't rely on somebody like a Target or a Walmart for your standard stuff. Like if it's like, oh, it's a Walmart exclusive or Target exclusive, yeah, that means I'm never getting it unless you know I'm right. up at the crack of fuck whenever the presale goes, and then the website crashes the second you want to get it. So mm-hmm. it just it's it's made the hobby like there's things to make the hobby fun, and there's things that just make it like what what are we doing?
0: No, you're absolutely right.
2: Well, that's kind of the the one saving grace for a lot of these these retailers and i even did it with my favorite record store in new jersey vintage vinyl back when the the stimulus check came through once i got that i said okay well this money i do have some bills to pay but got to put this money back into the economy that's kind of the point (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. not just for paying bills you're supposed to be spending this money on food and everything to keep keep businesses going so i did make an online order from Vintage Vinyl to be delivered, which, you know, it took like a week and a half. They, they sent me a very friendly email. And I'd encourage anybody, by the way, to go to vvinyl.com. This is just because I, I love them. And uh, you can place an online order. But for a little while before the stores opened, and even that only happened, I think at the beginning of this month, they've maybe been open for the month of July with mostly limited hours. But anyway, uh, I got a very nice email from them saying uh, we're going to the store about two days a week to fulfill orders and to get everything out. So if uh, you know if you don't mind bearing with us, like we will get it out to you. And since it's in state, it wasn't going to take long anyway. So I got it like a week and a half after I ordered it. But even that was fine. Just knowing I had something coming that was literally a treat <laughs> was great. Yeah. Yeah. Like
0: that. You want to keep in business. You're not going anywhere anyway for. a
2: while. So, you know, (laughs) well, I have have to do. I've been there. I've been there twice uh, in the last month since they opened to at least buy something. But it's also on my way to my parents. And I'm still doing the uh, the biweekly grocery runs for my parents. I literally pass by it on the way. It's almost like the midpoint between here and where my parents live. So it's been handy. It makes to Makes sense to pop me to in.
1: stop there if I, if, I you know, if we had something like what we like. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was yeah. on the way. back. Yeah. Why not?
2: Sure. If if there was yeah. something in between the two of you going to each other, each other's houses, or like you know Jack and I going to each other's places. Actually, it is. It, it's it's close to where Jack is in uh, in proximity to me. But yeah. anyway, I figured. Well, let me pop in and at least buy a couple of things because it's worse. I mean, I would support them anyway, just on the average day. Yeah.
1: And for you to want to sustain a hobby, like you want to keep them in business once this is all over so that you can continue this hobby and then it doesn't fall by the wayside. And it doesn't, like, because the perception is, in all fairness, people are like, oh, CDs are dead. No one cares about CDs. But it's like people like you, no, it's a, there's a market for it. And it's better if you, you know, like try to understand what your hobby is. Mm -hmm. Like you can talk to us, like I can talk about action figures. You could talk about CDs, the CD industry and probably just give it in depth of like, Here's sales. Here's this. Here's what's coming out. Like, it's there. It's not, oh, CDs are dead just because the public thinks so. No, the hobby's still alive. Right. If you want to put yeah. the work in and do it, and places like that to sustain that hobby need to be in business.
0: Exactly. Exactly. For
1: exactly. sake and for a hobby's <laughs> sake, because there are like-minded people in the area. I mean, the business would have closed down 10, 15 years ago if the CD market was as dead as they thought it would be. No, there's right. people out there who want physical media. I mean, we, and I love that store too. I mean, my CD and DVD days are kind of at bare minimum at this point, but I, the appreciation is still there. I would still go with you to that store and probably get sucked in and want to buy a Rush album just because that's, tradition.
2: <laughs> that's been it. your tradition. Yeah. You yeah, always end up buying right. a, one Rush CD and we go there. And now that they've had a couple of reissues for uh, anniversaries and you're behind. So you actually yeah. would have a couple of things to pick up over a few trips, <laughs> but, yeah, was- um,
0: definitely still a market for it. And there are really no stores like that around here, except for vintage
2: vinyl. They're, they're kind of the only no, one. Left. Nothing quite like it. Yeah. There were are a area. few, there are a few hole in the wall places that I've gone to over time, but they're gone. And as far as mm-hmm. chains, they're mostly gone. I mean, malls have recently opened again in New Jersey and there's FYE, which is the only kind of national music retailer, even though they've gone more in the way of pop culture and toys and things like that, which is fine if, if expanding a little bit into selling Funko pops and t-shirts And all different cartoon and pop culture related uh, tchotchkes helps keep the place up and running and is profitable and they still have a smattering of CDs and they still get exclusive records and CDs and everything. So it's not like that's become secondary. And even if it has, I don't care. As long as it's still there, I I would still go browse, even though I haven't been to one of those in in, uh, recent times.
0: Yeah, those those stores have had to factor a lot of that kind of stuff in, you know, the T-shirts and the the toys and And all kinds of memorabilia. Yeah. So, like Jack was saying, like obviously there's still a market for CDs and DVDs and things like that, but not as much as there once was. So totally, these stores are realizing this that they're not going to survive on CDs and DVDs alone. Right. They just can't.
2: And I get that, by the way, because people have have ragged on me for a long time when it came to just buy. I mean, since. When did iTunes launch? This, Jack, this is where you come into his info, bitch. Now I'm kidding. You don't need to look it up. But uh, uh, no,
1: probably like 04. Like it was about. I'd Jack- say Jack-opedia. like
2: 04ish. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, J- Jack's been uh, the default researcher on a couple episodes <laughs> yeah. Re- yeah. recently. <laughs> I was like, Jack, I'm talking. Look up this information. Jack's been the yeah. de facto co-host and producer. But anyway, uh, so in, in the iTunes era, when you could just start, when you can buy albums digitally, or even just buy the songs you like. So let's say in the in the early aughts, you know, like around 2004, 2005, people still didn't understand at that point why I was into buying CDs. And I said, well, I genuinely do like albums. They said, but you can just buy it digitally. Why even go buy a CD? You can spend 10 bucks and buy digitally. And I thought, why would I want to spend 10 bucks and like not have anything tangible to show for it? I get having the songs, but I thought that's not any cheaper than just buying a CD when it comes out anyway, I mean, even at that point, when when big box retailers were selling more CDs or places like Best Buy had a huge CD selection, I thought, well, it's not really saving me anything to get something digitally as opposed to buying it on CD. That never really made sense to me. And same when it came to DVDs. Oh, why would you do that when you could just rent it? Well, I like having it. I have bought less in recent years than I used to. I used to go crazy at Best Buy when it was like, wow, three DVDs for 40 bucks. And go and buy nine DVDs and drop a buck 20 on DVDs, which uh, some of them I never even watched. But it's, oh, I like that movie. I'm going to buy it. So I, I've yeah. kind of always been drawn to buying tangible product anyway. But even that has changed. I'll admit that even that the, the idea that I just want to buy own everything physically has changed because I've been buying some movies, particularly catalog titles digitally to add to my my digital film library, so to speak. And uh, even albums, because there's stuff that is getting reissued either on vinyl or digitally. And if I can climb on my soapbox for a moment about this vinyl business, <laughs>
1: <laughs> we've been we've been hearing this for years. So, <laughs> Speak,
3: yeah, well, sure. no, 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 it's
2: different now. <laughs> I don't have <laughs> I don't have a problem with vinyl, and I get why people like it, particularly a certain generation who grew up with it. I get the idea the same way I feel, and you guys to a degree would feel about CDs, because that was the format you bought music on when you mm-hmm. wanted to buy an album. Um, same with records for people in the 70s and into, you know, a large part of the 80s. But this idea that stores like Target and Walmart and Best Buy and all that, like they, they, their CDs are so limited. They've like eight feet of CDs, if that. And it's like new releases and, you know, budget titles, yeah. you know, greatest hits <clears throat> collections for five bucks or something. and uh, But they have so many records to choose from is crazy because CDs still yeah. outsell records by a huge margin. But because the increase in vinyl sales, goes up every year, I guess the thinking is, well, people are buying records, so we'll carry more records, which is ridiculous, because CDs still yeah. sell millions and millions every year, and vinyl records do sell, but not nearly as much as CDs, and they take up more space.
1: Yeah, and it's, so right. it's physical like space. vinyls more in your face, like here, this is how people listen to music now. Totally. Sort of like CDs, where it's like, no, this clearly you can do more with a CD than you can do a vinyl record. I mean, it's been that way since the dawn of vinyl records—you can never put a record player in the car. You I've said that forever. The yeah. It's
2: the least convenient format because you can't play it in the car. It's—it's yeah. it's not it's as portable.
0: Yeah, that's well, it. that's it. It's fashionable. That's—that's yeah. that's the it's annoying fashionable. part. Fashionable, and you know, new artists are putting their records on on vinyl. You know that you wouldn't expect. You know, new new age artists are are doing that, and it's one of those things. It's it's sort of like a, a collector's item if you will. I mean, we, we all went through a little phase and then we were buying vinyl records, Jack and I, I know. Yeah. I even have a record player at home, which rarely gets used. And I, I sold all my, a a dozen or 15 records maybe. And I never really use it, but we went through that little phase where we're like, Oh, this is cool. Right. Vinyl's a thing again. Let's, (laughs) let's do that. We were finding
1: (laughs) original vinyls too. We were going to our shops on the boardwalks in New Jersey that have like all these little music shops. And then. We'd find, oh my God, this is on a vinyl record. I got to have it. And it was like, right. Yeah. At the most. Yeah. It was like, this
0: is so cool. Yeah.
1: It was kind of a beater. Like the, the, everything was beat up, but the record was intact. So it's like, fuck it. I'll take it home and someday I'll get that record player. And you were the only one who did Ryan. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I (laughs) will say. For a
0: brief period, we, we were in this, this little phase and we're like, oh yeah, let's get vinyl records. Yeah. Jack didn't even have a record player. Yeah. I would
1: (laughs) have. Yeah. He would have. (laughs) Yeah.
2: We did actually, literally this week, our, our record player arrived, but it is an all-in-one, which includes a CD player and everything. So it is going to be, it, it is currently in our living room, and uh, we'll stay there. But we got that because we do have some records, and there is stuff that's only been issued on vinyl, and we do have some that we've accumulated, you know, just older stuff. And uh, some newer stuff, because that was one of my early eBay purchases before vinyl became fashionable, was uh, around 2000 when I started buying stuff on eBay. Actually, that's how I found Vintage Vinyl. Was I bought a record from them on eBay. It was an Iron Maiden 12 inch single. And since I saw, I was like, oh, it's that place that's up near Woodbridge. Okay, well, it's about an hour away. Maybe I can drive up there. And what a great excuse to go and actually check out this store. So I emailed them and said, hey, I'm only an hour away. Like, can I just, can I pay you this through PayPal and then just come pick it up or can I pay it in store or something? And they said, yeah, come on up. Um, and I don't remember if I paid for it in advance or paid for it when I got there, but I went there and that's what opened the doors for me in summer of 2000 where I was like, wow, look at all this stuff. And I remember seeing records yeah. and even thinking, wow, that's cool because we grew up with records that our parents had, which weren't uh, more so my mother. My mother had a she's a weird collection of music. Not that I'm picking on her. She had more, more yeah. so in terms of albums than like singles. Like she has a few Beatles singles and Elvis singles and things like that for when she's growing up, you know, little seven inch records yeah right 45s as uh, we grew up calling them but uh aside from that like album wise I never really owned albums so I started picking up my favorites you know I remained in Bruce Springsteen and the one I kicked myself for is in in desperate times I sold my uh Van Halen balance album on vinyl which is now uh, worth a lot I know and I'm so pissed because yeah. I got that for like 30 bucks in 2001 or two yeah and then like eight years later nine years later when I you know was... When I needed the money, it was one things I parted with for way less than what I paid for it. And now it's something that because it was produced in such a limited quantity in the first place. Now everything's getting reissued on vinyl. But since it was produced in such a small quantity when it was new. Yeah, it became way valuable. That's the one I kicked myself for selling. (laughs) Just because I, I still it love that cool record
0: to it. too, it's so damn good.
2: It uh, is. Well, that's yes. another thing too. Like, it actually is a good album. It's not. It's not yeah. like I want to display that because it is a weird album cover. It's not that I want to display yeah. <laughs> it or anything. It would just be right. cool to still have it, especially since I bought it just because I wanted to have that album on on vinyl. But uh, yeah, the thing that's been frustrating recently has been that things are just issued on vinyl or digitally, and that's it. Yeah. And in fact, what what kind of got me started on this was. I I do enjoy record store day, which comes around twice a year. They do it. They've traditionally, it didn't happen this year because usually in April and with the pandemic, it didn't happen. But there are exclusives that get released on vinyl and sometimes on CD and now on cassette, which is the next thing I'm waiting for. Like our store (laughs) is going to start stocking cassettes because cassette sales year over year are up like thousands of percentages because so
1: few cassettes. How is that measured? I've never seen a cassette in like a big box retailer or any store. Like the only time we go is like to a place like a vintage vinyl or we're around California to Amoeba like there's I don't see any like cassettes being sold unless I'm just oblivious to this whole thing. Well, you know what? It,
2: it started around 2012. I started seeing like underground bands, so to speak. I mean, there was always an underground metal scene that continued doing tapes because that was, you know, in the in the nascent days of of metal, like the early 80s, like that era of, uh, yeah. of underground metal, so to speak. Tape was always like the format, and it's how people distributed their demos and everything, like the first Metallica. Actually, our friend Dan's uh, father has the original Metallica cassette (laughs) that they they put out their cassette demo. I forget what it's called. And I was like, holy shit, I remember seeing that when I was like 18 and thinking, oh, man, the fact he even got a hold of one of these at the time is, you know, you could only get them when you went to the show or if you knew somebody who had it. It wasn't, you could just go online to the band's web store and order one and then have it, which is another way cassettes sell. A lot of them do limited limited run uh, cassettes when a new album oh, comes out. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. So those get factored in, but I feel like the the big turn when it came to cassettes was because of Guardians of the Galaxy six years ago because Disney put out for a uh, record store day because, oh, I'm sorry, it's, it's in April, and then they've been doing for several years now, they've been doing it on Black Friday as well, like another run of exclusives. So I believe it was Black Friday 2014, they released Awesome Mix Volume 1, the soundtrack from Guardians of the Galaxy on cassette because. Oh,
1: that's right. Yeah, I, I think I bought that off to right. you or something. I think I had it. I, 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 yeah. I,
2: I hoarded a bunch because some of them ended up in stores. And now, yeah. you can, and now it's basically just constantly in print, so you can just get yourself one anywhere. But there was a little while, they had a small quantity that was released to retailers. So when I would find, like, two or three, I would just buy them all. It's not like the cashier at Urban Outfitters gave a shit. So they were just like, What?
1: Well, yeah. buying <laughs> Right. They don't even know what it is.
2: You know? yeah. They're like 17, and they don't know from cassettes, yeah. Yeah. so they don't Catch care. That's
1: cigarettes with the, with the logo. <laughs> exactly. <of them. laughs> yeah, they think of buying something
2: decorative, and they have no idea that it's... No, this is an yeah. album. This is what albums used to look like. These kids, but uh, <laughs> I feel like that helped make cassettes more in demand because after that, I started seeing limited run issues of um or issuing of cassettes for new release albums and even yeah, catalog are titles. Players
1: in 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 the market, like are well, people seeking them out, or are they go on like eBay and looking for old ones, or well, that's the walk-ins? funny part.
2: Speaking of of trendy and and this kind of factors into uh, like what we're what we're talking about with regard to vinyl. But I actually posted, I'm looking for it right now. Um, I posted it on Instagram because I was in Urban Outfitters, which is a, a wasteland of trendiness. And I was just in shock it's because they had, well, they had a bunch of cassettes. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, well, it, it literally is. And I'm, you know, this, yeah. I guess I'm kind of sort of passing judgment on it, but not really um, for having it. But this is, uh, I posted this on Instagram uh, December 19th, 2015. Because at this point now, they're starting to reissue older albums on cassette, albums that were originally issued on cassette, and now you can buy a Walkman, you can buy a portable cassette player, or you can buy a boombox with a cassette player in it. Those things started showing up, but ridiculous amounts of money. I remember seeing this boombox that looked like an old, you know, what they call Ghetto Blaster from back in the day Mm -hmm. with just the cassette player in the middle and the two big round speakers on either side and the handle. Like um. Like in do in do the right thing the one that um I'm blanking on his name that what's his name walks around with Radio Rocky that's yeah. it
1: thank you Jesus
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Jackopedia.
2: 80s essential Jack knows about it um, no
1: no, so- no having to do my research on that
2: one <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah if it's from the decade of the 80s Jack yeah. has that stuff offhand and even me yeah. while trying to like while while trying to yeah. speak and monitor an audio mix and video I'm like oh what's it again you know, my brain is being divided up. <laughs> with being aware of things while doing the show <laughs> in this format but anyway um yeah those were like a hundred bucks and i thought man it'd be cool to have but fuck that like i'm not so into i i want to no. have one just like and not even for display i would use it because i have loads of cassettes as a kid yeah. just between what i used to record off the radio <laughs> or i would copy tapes i took out of the public library or just albums i legitimately bought on cassette anyway i thought wow it would be cool to have some stuff because there's definitely cassettes that came out that were not released on cd i mean maybe they have been now and maybe now they're available digitally but five years ago i thought oh, that would be kind of cool so in this picture i posted it is a portable cassette player and uh, nirvana's bleach and nwa straight out of compton on cassette and it was really at that point i thought okay now we're putting and i remember seeing like um like the m&m show and a bunch of other cassettes of albums you would think people would be into i think uh I think Kanye put out his most recent, I think, whatever the fuck album he had at the time, he put out on cassette as well, and people were really chasing that down. Um, Particularly, like, grunge and hip-hop cassettes were a big thing around, like, five years ago. And then catalog titles like, there was a a few Prince albums from the 80s that got reissued. They reissued Purple Rain, but with a purple shell. You know how most cassettes would have, like, a clear shell on it? So the Purple Rain soundtrack had a purple shell on it, so people were seeking that out. And uh, along with this, a couple of his other early Warner Brothers albums.
1: You would think that people would probably do some research and maybe go to eBay and look for, like, the original versions of these cassettes. No, that's not.
2: that's not the point, Jack. The point is it's trendy. Yeah, I'm true. with you, but yeah, it's the same trendy. with, like, vinyl. Yeah. Like I remember talking to people. Because and... I get
1: my hands on a walk, when I'm like, I'm going to eBay, and I'm searching, like, a, a cassette lot for, like, a hundred <laughs> bucks. And, yeah. like, and all the rest. Like, no, it's just whatever's cool. They have to.
2: Right. Well, you can even find blank tapes now. You can go to Walmart. and You can buy blank audio cassettes. I couldn't wow. tell you the last time I saw those in a
1: store. But oh, in such in, memories! In
2: 2020, you can buy them.
1: Being in retail, I, I think I remember like when I started. Somebody asked me for that, and I'm like, do we still carry them? in like, oh five, oh six. And people are like, at that point, no. no. Those have been gone for you know
2: years. <laughs> I remember the store we worked in. Jack they had a cassette section when I started working there, and this is in March of 2001. So this is a while ago. Wow. And at the time, it was like I think the new release close to that time I can't quite attach a, a date to it but I can narrow it down to around 2001 was the first uh, three doors down album like I remember there are a lot of cassette oh, wow. copies of that and seeing there was like a small a smaller, maybe like 8 or 12 feet of cassettes which was gone like yeah. by the end of t- 2001 because it was all CDs but that's the, the weird thing about formats and I know I'm a little all over the road about, about this but that's been kind of the strange thing where I don't get why vinyl's cool and CDs are uncool Like, when is the point, and, and, uh, you know, DJ Eddie Trunk brings this up all the time, especially when all all these articles come out about vinyl sales exploding, (laughs) you know, year over year, vinyl selling more and more compared to the previous year. And, yeah, when are CDs going to become fashionable again?
1: Like, uh, it's still his
2: preferred method of listening to music, and he grew up on records. Probably at some point in this Mm -hmm.
1: decade, because everything becomes popular again. Yeah, everything everything old is new again. Yeah, I was in Target the other day, and there was I was looking in the men's T-shirt section, and there's a men's T-shirt at Target, like how they have those graphic tees for mm-hmm. Blockbuster. And I'm thinking, just like, okay, that's my generation, but like, what kid under 20 is going to be like Blockbuster? Yeah, it must have been so cool. Like, it, you didn't live yeah, that. There's like, a, there's for, no
0: appreciation now.
3: Yeah, but, but what it'll about take, it I'll right? Say, exactly,
1: I'll, but like, what it'll
0: take for CDs to become fashionable again is for them to almost completely go away
2: exactly to become so
0: obsolete yes. and then people are going to start to miss them after a certain amount of time and then they'll come back into fashion after they're just dead right. in the dirt essentially and then and that's probably what it's going to take for that to to for it to become a thing again right like cassettes became a thing again and vinyl became a thing again it's going to take that near death if not complete death right and then I mean, a period of mourning and then (laughs) resurrection.
2: I think it's coming. I think it's coming down to that, honestly, because I mean, Best Buy carries like no CDs. They have like budget CDs for you know five bucks or something, like a little bin of them, but they don't have a display. They don't have an aisle. Um, Target has less and less. I see every Target is kind of getting remodeled, and they just have an end with some new releases on it, and then other recent releases beside it, kind of around the corner, and that's it. There's not much. So I feel like the idea that CDs will be coveted at some point, And there, there will be more of a, a mainstream market for them. I feel like that's coming because a lot of places have cut down on CDs completely. Even like Walmart, I think there'll be like eight feet of CDs when you go in there. And there will be some older stuff. But again, it'll be like half of it'll be budget, you know, older titles or greatest hits collections. And then there's some newer releases or reissues or something, which is funny because new albums still do come out on CDs. So it's not like it's completely yeah
1: <laughs> not like, oh yeah there's Every no time call it for it. album out there's it's a target so right
2: right exactly although it's funny yeah. to mention the blockbuster thing and on the subject of target we were at target literally two days ago and uh, sherry was looking around for a couple of games even just stuff for her and I to play just we' getting a little tired just watching tv and movies not that it's bad but it's so much a part of our day it almost takes like some of the fun has been drained out of it after four months we're just gonna sit yeah we're just gonna sit and watch tv tonight until we go to bed right okay like it's just feeling a little (laughs) feeling a little stale but um she actually found it's a blockbuster branded party game we We have that you have that (laughs) we do we got it for christmas (laughs) (laughs) it's in a blockbuster style rental cassette case like video cassette vhs case You want to pause? I can go get it real quick. No, well, I've seen it. We own it now. Okay, she bought it, and the idea was like, oh, we can play it virtually, which is funny because you guys have a deck. She was like, maybe we can play this with people on Zoom, or you know, if you guys come over or something, we can play it because it's like a minimum. I think it's a four-player minimum, something like that. Yeah, her her and I got another game with a two-person minimum, but she got. Like four party games, and that was one of them that I saw and thought, "Oh man, that's that's pretty sweet. I bet that's fun because it's a movie trivia game, and that, that's up all our alleys, certainly, mm-hmm. and hers as well." So my my recent <laughs> pre-pandemic <laughs> my my recent uh, sticking point was the fact that yeah, the, a lot of things are getting reissued on vinyl or digital, and there is no CD version. Um, the last year there was uh, it was the 30th anniversary of the first album by Skid Row, and they were like. Reissued on like red vinyl, like Rhino records was putting it out on vinyl and there will be a deluxe edition available digitally. No CD version, like with no you know, re, remastered album and then a second disc, not really, of a, a live show from 1989, never before okay. released. And I was like, that's awesome. Well, I did buy it digitally because at that point I thought, well, I'm not going to buy the record and the only way to get, you know, the live album essentially, the, the newer stuff, is by buying it digitally. So I bought that digitally. I bought a couple other things that were not released on CD. Like there was a, speaking of record store day, from what feels like an hour ago, uh, there was a uh, Cheap Trick concert released from New Year's Eve 1979 for record store day. And it's sold out very quickly. And it doesn't go for much. You can get it for like less than $40 on eBay. And I was like, oh, that's sweet. This concert that was never released. And it's got all the songs in those early albums that I love so much. This is going to be great. So I was gonna buy the album from some seller, but in December that was released digitally. So I said, "Okay, I'm gonna buy that digitally." Yeah. So I've bought that too, and same with movies. There are movies that, at this point, I'm sure some older ones that probably just aren't gonna come on Blu-ray, or I'd be surprised if they did, or if they're on Blu-ray, it's just kind of they're just kind of tossed out there, and they don't actually look that great. They maybe look like a slightly upconverted DVD. So there are some movies that I bought digitally for five bucks, just because. Hey, if I want to own them and I want something better than the DVD, you know, they remaster stuff for HD, even if it's just to be shown on TV, which is weird. I don't know who's tuning in to like watch Tommy Boy on, you know, Comedy Central or something <laughs> like with commercials and with all the cursing yeah. edited out. With all the cursing editing uh, yeah. out. Yeah, exactly. Stupid. Yeah. yeah. I don't know who's yeah. tuning in for that, but the stuff still does get remastered in HD, at least in a basic way. So it's still better, most likely. Yeah. Uh, than the DVD, even if you just buy it digitally. So there are a bunch of movies I've honestly just been buying. Cause I said, I'll be surprised if they make it on a Blu-ray. And if they do come on Blu-ray and there's no features or anything, unless it's a really, you know, got a really sweet-ass remaster or something where it looks great, it might not be worth spending 20 bucks on. So if I could just buy it digitally for 5 bucks, like that's kind of the point where I'm at, where I'm not so married to the idea of buying a tangible version that I'm going to spend four times the price on something that I could buy digitally and get it close enough, yeah. Which is well, where the I'm thing at.
1: is also what's really cool with companies that you've been following and we've been following. You can beat me up to date with uh, companies like Shout Factory, who do amazing Blu-ray editions of all yeah. these older films you like. And then also what you were talking about before with some CDs, the ones you showed me, which kind of spawned the idea for this topic, were those cheap trick re-releases from, from Japan. Yeah, where let's just, let's put it this way: nostalgia's in. So anytime like yeah, and Ryan to say this too with our collecting, when they pushed the nostalgia button with us, we're like, yes, give us that. Original toy, original packaging, or something of that nature that's like, oh, that reminds me of my childhood, and it's done like this, I want it. So with yeah. you, with the Trick albums, you show me a few of them, and it's really very nostalgic in the sense that, yes, it's a CD, but it's designed like a vinyl record in the 1970s where right. it has the book, and it has that. So it's kind of just like people who do make this stuff know how the, they have the collector in mind because they hit the nostalgia buttons and they just know like what the collector wants. So it's really cool to have like people like shout factory. And um, I guess, was that Rhino records you reached or, or for cheap trick? Or- uh, well, it, it
2: is Sony, but that's the funny thing. And I, I have it here. I wanted to show you one as an example. Yeah, because basically at the end of 2017 to celebrate the 40th anniversary, of the first cheap trick album, uh, Sony, Sony, in japan reissued all the sony era or it would have been epic records um cheap trick albums from 1977 to 1990 with remastering with bonus tracks which have been released from different compilations cheap trick did a bunch of songs on soundtracks in the 80s and top gun and heavy metal and uh, a bunch of caddyshack too (laughs) some less memorable than others but they um They had a bunch of non album tracks that they were able to reissue. And those kind of came out. That's another thing that came out digitally as well. There was something called the Epic Archive, which uh, Sony put out digitally. These three collections of a certain, you know, blocks of years with these non album cheap trick tracks. And um, wow, I almost tripped over that one. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's not alliteration, but it sounds like it because the it was close in, in yeah. cheap. <laughs> but anyway, so I I got really hooked on like oh I need to get these CDs, these cheap trick CDs, and this is one here. This is Dream Police, just for example. And the interesting thing is this uh, BS CD two. So in Japan, they have something called Blue Spec CD two, which is basically the second generation of the Blue Spec CD, and basically what it is. As I understand it, they use the technology used to master Blu-rays for CDs. It's still an audio CD, but it's just created at a higher quality and with more clarity than the average CD gets released at. So this, there are a lot of new releases that get released. So it sounds as, as better than Sprech it CD. ever could have. It does. Well, that was the funny part. I actually would have liked to um, play it for you. Well. Now we have a CD player, but it's not as good because it's attached. It's an all in one affair. But, like, just to put it on in the car, like, you would hear. I I did listen to these in the car when I got my first few of them because there are several albums. So I I initially got like three or four uh, in an order. But they sound remarkable. They sound very crisp and clean and, like, you would kind of expect from any remastered CDs that you might see pop up. But here's the cool thing so they are a reissue, but they are packaged like the original vinyl. And let me show you guys that. And and there'll be a reason why I chose this one. Um, so this thing, just for anybody who happens to care, um, is an OBI strip, which every Japanese <laughs> CD comes with. And that's how you know it's authentic, because it comes with one of mm-hmm. these, um, which includes the release date and everything right near the barcode. So that's another thing people like to know. Like, what yeah. what pressing is it? I remember what those for
1: import singles, like Sam Goody and all those other record stores. Yeah, Back once upon a time.
2: Yeah. Um, so this is, this is a replication of the original vinyl album so it opens up and it has a gatefold so that's originally what was in the center when you opened up the original dream police record which I do actually have here as well but just to show you on here they really wanted to reproduce what the actual album was so much that's so pretty awesome yeah that it even comes with a sleeve like this which the record goes into or in this case a cd and even the cd itself which comes in a little sleeve looks like a record with the label on it <laughs> But
1: button. but here's how crazy. (laughs) Damn it, (laughs) lead into it.
2: (laughs) But here's how crazy the detail is. They really wanted to replicate the original Japanese release. So what's in here is this, which is an original form to fill out if you wanted to be in the Cheap Trick fan club. Oh my god! And you were in Japan, so they (laughs) even reprinted. That is
1: so fucking cool. And like. (laughs) And, and
2: the Abudicon release comes with a, a slip mat as well that was uh, released with the original one. So the slip mat mm-hmm. is like what you put on top of your record player so that dust doesn't collect on it. I have that yeah. in front of me, too. So, like, let me show you that. I mean, just fish this thing out. Which is why when I started seeing this stuff, I was like, oh, my God, it's better than just getting, you know, forget getting a remastered CD with a Again, bunch of, it's bunch a of collector
1: that's in mine that's just, you know, yeah. you know what the fans are going to like, they're going to like that original insert for the Cheap Trick fan club. Totally. Just, they're going to be yeah. like,
2: wow, this is amazing. Like, the amount of detail put into this. And it's great yeah. that Japan does it, too, because Japan still has a thriving CD market. They're not as trendy with uh, vinyl as we are here. So, I mean, stuff still gets issued on vinyl there, but they still put their elbow grease into making some really quality cd so i've been buying a bunch of stuff that is either out of print on cd right, we should US. go to
1: japan once this
2: shit's like really under control <laughs> oh, dude. i've always wanted to go so i, I'm I gonna would go
0: buy some cds <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I,
2: I would love to actually i was thinking about that recently we we're watching an episode of uh, king of the hill hank has a brother uh, his father uh, sired another son in japan so they actually go to japan <laughs> i was like it would be fun to go to japan I sounded like uh, Jack's wife there. But uh, yeah, this is the, the original like slip mat. Let me show that close to uh That was issued. It's mm. got, they even have the little hole in it, even though it's too small to fit in a record. Wow. Player. And, wow. you know, the band signatures and everything on the other side. So it looks exactly how if you bought the record in, you know, 1979 or 78. And yeah. that's uh, on top of the fact they sound great and they have a bunch of tracks, you know, that again, haven't been released mm. on a cheap trick album. Just the the love put into these, I was like, I, I gotta have them all. Yeah. I do. And now I, I do. Literally as of last week, I finally have all the albums because I've kind of been getting them piecemeal. Um and that's the other thing about CDs in Japan, they only press them for so long. So usually they're in print for like maybe two years, and that's it. So I thought these are 2017. Oh my god, I gotta get them before they go out of print. Yeah. So but I love it. And this kind of detail, see that's why I'm willing to spend, you know, like on this and, and Dream Police. That's why I'm okay with spending twenty dollars on a CD because I'm getting all of this with it. Yeah, yeah, it's that's definitely that's worth it. the value. It's, it meets Absolutely. the value.
1: Actually, I'm surprised it's that cheap. To be honest, twenty bucks for that—that's yeah. a steal. Well, at yeah, Budokan kind of detail.
2: Yeah. Oh, totally. Well, at at Budokan is actually it's it's the complete concert, so it's a two disc set. So that one was uh, like twenty eight. But like, if you bought a two CD set in the heyday of CDs you know a double album it would have cost you probably 25 bucks anyway so it's really not that yeah the scale hasn't shifted so much over time that like you're you're paying so much more now to get a cd but when you got this kind of detail and same thing with that Budokan, by the way because it was a a a gatefold album like check it out it opens up just like the original vinyl did so it's it's amazing i was beyond thrilled to get my hands on all of these so that's that's what i've been working on this year i'm like i gotta get all these albums just i gotta do it yeah So, uh, and that on top of other things, like um, the the third album from Extreme, which has been out of print on CD for a long time in the U.S., got that because it was remastered in Japan. Like, because there's still a a thriving CD market, there are albums that uh, have not been remastered or re-released here, but have been in Japan. So there's some where I'm like, well, if I can get a superior sounding version than just buying a used copy from 1993... Uh, or in certain cases, like there was one, uh, I know Ryan is a fan, if for no other reason than their connection to Jane Silent Bob, Ryan's a fan of Morris Day and the Time. And oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the album, Ice Cream Castle with Jungle Love, got reissued, surprise, surprise, on vinyl in the U.S., even though it was kind of cool because it's actually the vinyl is uh, Neapolitan ice cream, so it's actually three colors. <laughs> it's, pre- it's pretty awesome looking, so I got that for Sherry just for the kind of collectability of it, just because it does look cool. But in 2015, the album got re-released in Japan and remastered. And, you know, when that album came out, since it's an 80s album, when a lot of albums released, you know, in the 80s or 70s or 60s, when they came out on CD for the first time in like 1990, they sounded like 1990 CD quality, basically. And a lot has been developed technologically since 1990 and 2015. So when I was able to get Ice Cream Castle remastered from japan for 2015 got it for her and guess what sounds great sounds better than it ever That's has awesome. on cd and just like yeah. you know when when stuff gets reissued some older titles like i got a few that were um a little bit cheaper because they'll budget re-releases where it's you know 10 bucks for a cd i just got a few uh a few uh, motorhead re-releases and uh, great white who i was kind of like ah, I, I do like two albums so i actually mm-hmm. did get two of their albums and they sound awesome yeah, no, no, do they though? Like, eh. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, aside from the remastering, yeah, they have a bunch of tracks which were released on singles and everything that are tacked on. So they sound great, and they have songs I've never heard before. Just two mm-hmm. albums of theirs. Not that there's anything wrong with Great White, particularly in the 80s heyday, even though uh, the hooked <laughs> album is from 91.
1: Her best song was the cover song, and that's what I stance on. Great ah, White. How <laughs> dare you! <laughs> <laughs> They're but, a Dokken to me, like how docking is to Ryan. Really? Ah. Yeah. <laughs> that actually reminds me
2: of another one, so I, I thought it was awesome. Oh, God, he, were... bought
1: album, he bought a Dockin' album, Ryan. he want to bow out <laughs> of this conversation. Well, I'm out. <laughs> no,
2: no, 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 no. <laughs> Haven't bought any Dockin' reissues, but I did see that another one of Ryan's favorite bands, Kicks, um, that they were doing <laughs> the... <laughs> a 30th anniversary uh, remix of, of Blow My Fuse, and you could buy the CD version. It was you know, the original album, uh, remixed and remastered, and then like demos and other tracks like from that time, released on the second disc. And I said, "Oh, that's going to be awesome! You can buy it through their web store, but it's thirty five bucks." And I thought, "Ew, just for a two CD kind of a album, yeah, yeah." So I thought, "All right, well, if it's a sweet like package and it comes with you know like a lot of book and maybe the you know the band's wrote about the album, or, you know the band members rather wrote about the album or something, then maybe it'll be worth the money." And then I saw somebody was selling a used copy on eBay, and it's like a booklet that just opens up in the middle and that's kind of it with a couple of photos. So I thought I'm literally just getting the two CDs for this for 35 bucks. Meanwhile, it Mm. has since been released digitally for 11 bucks. And I said, yeah, I think I'm just going to buy that digitally. (laughs) Like there are times where I'm saying I don't need the physical product just because I love having a, you know, a, a tangible physical album i'm right. fine with well, having trees <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah well exactly i'm thinking i'm not gonna <laughs> buy starters. it just just for mm-hmm. the sake of it and i don't know that it's going to be insanely sought after which is another thing when it comes to cd collecting where since so much stuff is is available digitally now to a degree i mean you know licensing and whatnot stuff's not always 100 percent available another reason i like having a physical copy but it's also a matter of if you can buy the album or you can stream the album, I mean, everybody has a streaming account on some service, but if you can at least access the music in some way, then, you know, the value of the CD isn't quite as important. It is to collectors, but just the yeah. overall value, not as much. So even if you have an album that's just like, hey, they don't make this on CD anymore, but you can find it on a streaming service, then unfortunately it just doesn't mean as much, Yeah, which is kind of a drag. But I know Ryan. Ryan doesn't want me to have a Kicks album at all. I know he'd rather Poor I kicks. just didn't buy it. Well, yeah, I
0: mean, come on. There, there are some good songs. I are mean, there? Oh, I thought you know, you hated blow, blow my completely. fuse is good. Cold Blood is actually one of my favorite songs. Oh, I, really? It's one of the catchiest. I love, love, love Cold Blood. I love that. I band. do too. That song is fantastic. It's so catchy. I love it. Um, but that's about it. I mean, I've heard a lot of other crap from Kicks too, and I'm just like, yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, the first album sounds a little new wavy. I'm not crazy about that. It doesn't really rock. But uh, yeah, Blow My Fuse and Midnight Dynamite are just great. Uh, so that, that's kind of that, that's, that's my range when it comes to buying things. Like I'll buy a vinyl yeah. album if it's cool. Like if it looks like Neapolitan ice cream, that's pretty fucking sweet. Or like I got uh, ZZ Top's <laughs> Tres Ombres because it was uh, on jalapeno green vinyl. And that was a, a limited run. And I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. But it wasn't overpriced either. It was like less than 20 bucks which for me isn't overpriced when you see some records like $30, you know, yeah. n- newer if it's releases. If the budget,
1: then that makes sense. So if you yeah. want it, just get it.
2: Or if you get something sweet like, you know, some Cheap Trick or Great White remasters, <laughs> then cheap I'm trick. all in. Um, some Cheap
1: Trick ones, definitely. Great White.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Well, even Sherry was surprised by that. She's like, you like Great White that much? I was like, I like these two albums that much that I would like superior versions of them. Absolutely. But uh, And then, you know, if, it's, if digital makes the most sense, I'll just buy it digitally. So I'm not so anti- yeah digital that i won't buy movies or albums digitally it's just i'd really rather have a tangible version but it,
1: it's and worth that's it where, and that's where i'm at with movies too like i the last movie i bought was rise of skywalker i'm like i think that's a good one to end on for a long time so like my whole physical consumption of movies are like yeah i think i'm um, i'm good i completed the avengers movies up through the infinite uh, up through Endgame, actually spider-man far from home and then mm-hmm. rise of skywalker i'm like i think i'm good with, with physical movies but if there's movies i like like i'm very interested in getting like i think i've mentioned before on the podcast about getting some of the john carpenter movies like the thing great trouble little china it's like you know what i could live with them more on a digital platform i don't have time to delve into the blu-ray features and this and that so mm-hmm. and the incentive with me is like i want to buy the blu-ray set but i want a digital copy so oh totally yeah yeah so. So it's kind of where I'm at right now with my media consumption. I can't remember the last time when I bought a CD, probably in, you know, the last time we went to vintage vinyl five years ago, the three of us together. So it's really been a long time. Holy yeah. Shit. Oh no. You know where it was? It was Amoeba out in California. I bought the force awakens and last crusade soundtracks. So I'm like,
2: I'm good. <laughs> and was that 2016? 2016,
1: 2016. Yeah. I remember two saying that out? to myself, like, I think I'm good. This is a good <laughs> one to end on. And, uh, yeah, and uh,
0: yeah. four years later, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a good one to end on.
1: cd wise, movie wise, with Rise of Skywalker, I'm like, okay, Jack, I
2: I, uh, Jack, I'm good for right now. DeFranco is never quite good enough.
1: Well, so. when it comes to action figures, I'm never good for right now. So. Well, never, uh, ever, ever. This good is true for right now, and and yeah, that's
2: yeah. a that's an unintentional segue into
1: yes. So with with my hobby. Action figure thoughts, I'm sure, like Brian can attest, consume a lot of my thoughts throughout the day. Just you don't listening. even... <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Like, no one else knows It's that my happened. comfort food
1: <laughs> I can go to. I, and- I don't.
2: I, I was afraid to broach the subject, but here yeah. we are.
1: So much so that my interest in scripted television has kind of gone here, and my attention's been, who's got a new YouTube video? I follow a lot of people who review toys and talk about toys, talk about vintage toys, anything in general. Like, my whole YouTube... Subscription line is just all people who talk about acting figures. And it's it's become to the point where it's become more of a fan community where people have Patreons and people have live streams on YouTube and you can kind of engage with these people who talk about reviewing old toys or reviewing something that's modern or current. And one of the things I've done recently is looked at some of these people who are content creators on YouTube. I know you hate that word, Chris, but they're content creators. So <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> content
2: is referred to like everything is referred to as content now, any type of media. And I just I'm yeah. just I'm just tired of hearing that word. But I mean,
3: there well, is well, no content. There. <laughs> I know <laughs> it is. But now everybody uses
2: like everybody's Twitter and Instagram bio is content creator. It's like, OK, fine. Like I could say content creator, but like podcaster. Sure. Yeah. Like I, I rather just yeah, call you could myself be more,
0: that. More specific, I it's suppose. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what
2: I'm saying. It's like yeah. content creators. like, cause I'm on Instagram and YouTube and Twitter or and YouTuber. TikTok and, and, yeah. Right. YouTuber. Even then, it's specific. Yeah. It's just I feel like everybody, anything is is content from you know models uh, stripping on OnlyFans. Is content to people who do YouTube videos, to people who do podcasts, people just you know post videos on Instagram and TikTok. I just feel like it's all just like
1: content, content.
2: So I'm just TikTok's like, not <laughs> content. Well, but it is according to the people who are on it. So it that's is. what I'm saying. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Is our friend Andrew on TikTok? Could we dance? Yes, if we find that out, he, he, he says, probably is. He
2: says no, but I think he's full of shit. I mean, he was the one who literally made fun of me when I posted a picture of me with like a, an old man filter on my face on Snapchat. And he said, are you a 14 year old girl? And he had a Snapchat account like two weeks later. So he's yeah. full of shit. <laughs> when it com- I love how we're always, <laughs> we always end up shit talking the
1: guy who's not on yeah. the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, how about that fucking guy who's not here to defend himself? <laughs> I know. Yeah. That,
2: that happened uh, with, with Ryan what, when Andrew was on like two weeks ago. <laughs> I forget, oh, we, yeah? I forget. what I forget we even talked about, but it was something. It was something benign, just like this. It was something like, hey, yeah. Ryan, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Ryan hates such and such. Ryan hates Dawkins. That's probably what it was. Well, yeah, that is too. <laughs> Ryan
0: does hate Dockin. Oh
2: god, the worst. Well, but that's what I'm saying. It's always the person who's not there. <laughs> yeah. And I'm on board for that. As long as you guys are on the show with me, you're my favorites. Until you're not on.
1: Yay. Aw. <laughs> oh. I know. Next and week. Always... Some,
2: next week, someone else is gonna be my favorite, and Ryan's gonna be like, "Yeah, fuck that guy." <laughs> 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 that's what i'm gonna be saying about ryan anyway continue yeah.
1: anyway so with these people i follow on youtube i noticed a couple of them said subscribe to my patreon for a couple of years i've been listening to this and i'm like what the hell's patreon so essentially what it is it's a it's like a fan service that if you support support their channel with a couple bucks a month you might be it helps them build their channel because some of them might actually be they have the dream scenario they work on youtube and that's their job and their career So if you give them a couple of bucks, they can build their community up and do more things with the channel, advance graphics, have more opportunities, maybe interviewing people within the industry that they like or what they're talking about. And it just builds a fan community. So there were a couple of people that I was following and I was like, they kept mentioning their Patreons and I was like, I don't know, giving people money for their things. I mean, but then I started to think about it like, well, you give money to streaming services like Netflix and Hulu and this and that. And you watch these people every day, pretty much on YouTube, talk about something you like, and so much so. If you like a person, I I go back into as much of their catalog and playlists as possible, and just try to find what else did they talk about, and just go down that YouTube rabbit hole. Totally. So there were a couple people that I decided, like, you know what, I love their their content enough, or I'm going to support them because you know what. And during this, again, it happened post pandemic because it's like. There's not enough to do in the day. And like, if you're looking at something on YouTube and you want more things to look at or to engage with, and if they're promoting something like, let's say a Facebook group or more videos, if you subscribe to a Patreon, it's like, that's enticing. So I looked into a couple of them and I'm subscribed to two Patreons for uh, two different. Well, one's a podcast slash YouTube channel. One is a, just a YouTube channel. Um, I subscribed initially in April too, and you both, you'll get a kick out of this. Uh, it's held, it's a podcast that's run by now at this point, former WWE superstars, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Now the real life names, Zack Ryder's real name is Matt Cardona. Kurt Hawkins, real name is My- uh, Brian Myers. And they run the major wrestling figure podcast. They started it when they were in WWE and they didn't get approval by WWE. They wanted to do it. And WWE's like, no, don't do it. But they did it themselves independently because you could apparently work independent projects. And over the past two years, they've talked. It's not just talk about wrestling figures, it's like a collecting community. They collect Ninja Turtles, they collect Ghostbusters, they talk about collecting in general. Guys who are exactly my age, 35 years old, who were the same kids I was in 1998, playing with the wrestling figures on the floor, made a podcast out of this, out of like not being used on television and then started getting their own merchandise and selling exclusive merchandise through um, online vendors that would be limited in numbers and they would sell out instantly. And then they talked about with our Patreon, we have more podcasts, we have more videos, we have more, more content coming. And I was like, you know what? I like these guys so much. And then I joined it and joined this, what's called the basic package was like, I give them like five bucks a month. I get the show early and ad free every week. I get into a Facebook group. I get, when there is sales of like new merchandise that they put out, I get a passcode to be like, if you want to buy it, it's open to you 15 minutes before the rest of the general public. And their stuff always sells out. Weeks ago, I bought my first thing. It was something that they talked about for months. It's like, you know what? I'm going to give it a try. If I don't get it, I could live without it. And I got the passcode and I bought it for $35, this belt and t-shirt set. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. So, (laughs) so much so that it's like, now I might actually upgrade a little bit more because now more content's coming and again i like their content so much they are ba- they engage with their fan community that i don't mind giving them a couple more dollars a month I actually won something from them on their podcast just by retweeting something <laughs> and the, it's really funny too because some people they get really smart assy like some people with twitter they're like oh i don't have twitter to do this they're like it's free sign up and they're like well how do you retweet? Me? Like, you push the button so they like push the button it looks like
2: arrows going in a circle i mean <laughs> yeah
1: so it's Really complicated. To, yeah, I was listening to the latest episode, which is supposed to come out tomorrow before we started, because it's like it's early and ad free to me. I can listen to it and it's fun. But then, like, there's um, another guy who I signed up to his Patreon um, who does a lot of '80s nostalgia reviews, and not just in a way of like this is the toy from the '80s, this is what it does. If subscribe. It's like he takes like here's the thing about it. Here's my experiences because. He grew up in the eighties and he makes it like a Saturday morning cartoon. Almost his videos come out like a general public videos come out every Saturday. I look forward to that so much Saturday morning for just like 30 minutes. Just like, I'm going to get up. I'm going to have a coffee. I'm going to watch his new video and have breakfast. And that's like a Saturday morning cartoon. His name is Michael mercy. He's based out of Canada and he does a lot of transformers reviews. He does a lot of uh, GI Joe reviews, masters of the universe, star Wars, wrestling, anything from the eighties. That's like super popular, but he does the reviews of things that are just so cool. And I joined his Patreon for like two bucks a month. And in doing that, I got so much, it's like you could be involved in sitting in like a zoom call like this with him and several others, like six people. And you can do a commentary track for old cartoons. There's a couple others. Like you get early and ad free videos, you get exclusive videos and you get in, and on the video, like you get mentioned. Uh, my name's in the credits of the video for as long as I'm a patron. And then it's just also he does a shout out when I got into the group. He like did this whole thing, like welcome Jack the Franco. And like, you know, all these people are just like, welcome. It's good to have you part. Like, it's like a group community thing. And some guy actually was really funny. He said, you know, there's free drinks in the lobby. Just show your passcode and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> but well, it that... became like a fan community. And that's what I've really liked about a lot of these. It's not just like, Here's the thing I like. I want to give them money and entertain me. It's like, no, this is like a community. And yes, it's a couple bucks a month, but I spend, I'd rather give people that money who might just be exclusively on YouTube as opposed to like, what's the new streaming service that I got to have because it's got this one show and so on and so forth. Like it feels like a more intimate experience with the people you like. It's a fan club. I mean, that's
2: the thing I really like about Patreon because 30 years ago, if you want to be in someone's fan club, it sends Check Checker money order in a self-addressed stamped envelope, too, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. you have to send it off and have, you know, wait until you get, you get your fan pack or whatever it is or clip it out of a magazine, at least for bands. There's a lot of stuff you can clip out of, like, music magazines in the mail. Yeah, Same thing. Like, even now, you can join any band's fan club for, like, 50 bucks a year and you'll get, like, you know, like a fan club t-shirt, early access yeah. to tickets, you know, ticket presale access and uh, stuff like that. And it's, like, 50 bucks a year. Yeah. And at the same time, to support somebody, even on a basic level, I like it. In fact, the first time me Patreon too. was really I was aware of it, but hadn't really looked into it. And the first time it was brought to my attention was <laughs> at the beginning of 2017 or end of 2016. It was when we announced we were going to be doing the only, another run of the only podcast that matters. And uh, a couple of people said to me, are you going to get on Patreon? And I said, well, we'll see where we are. Like we're doing the shows like we we're." Going to have a bunch of them done because, since at that point we were doing shows when I was visiting Jersey, and then there'd still be a few to kind of be filled in over the, the following weeks. I said, uh, We'll see, but we got some ideas for some stuff for YouTube and things like that. So I was like, oh, we'll, we'll see about getting there. And we didn't get there, but I still looked into it at that point. And I was really surprised at just podcast fan communities, how big they were. And it was, it actually reminded me this was around 2012. And one of the the podcasts and um, it was actually was available as a video podcast and an audio podcast. So I would put the audio version. I would download the video just in case I was going to watch it. This is before episodes of everything ended up on YouTube. Yeah. Um, or, or an official channel was created, I should say. But I would just put uh, audio episodes of a Kel- Kevin Pollock's chat show, which was awesome because he would have everybody on there from character actors to, you know, people like Tom Hanks and Craig Ferguson, all, all sorts of people who I loved. And he was doing the show like twice a week and they would oh. ask for like fan support. One of the things people had mentioned to us in around 2011, it was right around the the end of our first year, maybe beginning of our second year, of doing the only podcast. The idea was like you can support somebody with a PayPal donate button. And that was something we talked about adding to the website. And previously, that was kind of the only way you could support something. And I remember specifically there were a lot of people who were leaving comments on uh, the iTunes reviews for Kevin Pollak's chat show, because they, they would ask, like, listen, if you're enjoying the show, it, we do have a, a studio here. There is, you know, we have a few people working the crew. It's worthwhile to just, you know, throw us a couple of bucks. And a bunch of comments were like, I'm tired of hearing about this. I am not paying for a podcast. And his shows would be like two hours. So it's okay. You're essentially watching like a two hour TV show or listening to a two hour interview yeah, like... with somebody, and not just schmoes like us. Like we're you know you're listening to an interview with Tom Hanks and you know, people like that twice a week, and it's thing like really you wouldn't want to throw them like five bucks once in a while, like the idea <laughs> that you would support a podcast that you know eight years ago was like, people were pissed off about it, but now there is this idea that you can support the people oh, who yeah. do the stuff you like and... in a direct way while getting some kind of incentives, and I feel like sites like um Indiegogo also started this off. And um, Kickstarter, where it's you could support a project that you were really interested in. And the idea that you could actually like directly contribute to something you're a fan of was great. So I kind of started looking at the Patreon thing, uh, vis-a-vis the only podcast that matters. And uh, even though we never got to the point where we were going to be using it, I was seeing other podcasts. There was one in particular that would tell you how many patrons they had and how much the fan contributions, the fan subscriptions, let's say, were contributing a month. It was twenty three grand a month. And I was thinking, Jesus, you know, I mean, they were doing, it wasn't like a -a five-day-a-week podcast. I think it was maybe like a -a twice-a-week thing. But I still thought, man, that's incredible. Like, the idea that they have so much fan support, that they're literally making a living doing this, was just wild to me. And when it comes to this, as far as doing it on Cape, like, people asked as soon as, you know, three and a half months ago, started doing the show again, oh, you're going to do something with Patreon and, Blah, blah, blah. And Andrew yeah. made a joke about it two weeks ago about like, this will be on the Patreon page. You know, when Andrew started choking <laughs> <laughs> mercilessly choking on his beverage um, when I inadvertently caused him to choke. But uh, and, and that will be an eventual Patreon exclusive video. Mm-hmm. But uh, the yeah. idea of doing something like that, I said, yeah, sure. But I mean, I would like to build the show up a little bit more. But the idea of having incentives where it's yes, we do want to upgrade yeah. the show. It'd be great to get Jack a, a better webcam and maybe some kind of light so we don't need to see him like with his... <laughs> Five o'clock shadow and his face looking extra shiny from the computer monitor. Just um, I'm sitting right now? No, well, and and dude, totally for me too. I'm sitting in the dark except for this light that's shining from behind the computer monitor. So I understand that. So the idea of having stuff like that, or even getting Ryan in this case, (laughs) Ryan who's who's been quiet because he's been temporarily muted because uh, Zoom has drained his phone battery. So it's perfectly timely to bring this up, but. Uh, the idea, like, well, we can upgrade equipment for the contributors. So, like, Corey doesn't have a webcam. Well, it's, we can get Corey a webcam for when he's on. We get Ryan a webcam for his computer. Yeah, all the money would go and, into
1: the channel right, or, the, or the, the, the podcast.
2: The so. idea to build up the quality of the show and also the idea that every episode would be a full video yeah. episode because this is kind of the going to be the, the default version of a lot of shows. I mean, it is every broadcast show now, but it's also the, the default version. Of this show, it would be great to just put out a video episode because people do watch stuff. Now, people yeah. have gotten into podcasts to the point where they'll watch a show for an hour, hour and a half on YouTube. And that's cool. Yeah, So I'm completely down and, for that. And
1: believe me, I was at first with like the first Patreon, I went to the major wrestling figure podcast. I was a apprehensive, like, I'm going to pay this much a month to hear. It was one of the shows. Ryan will find this amusing. Uh, Zach Ryder, you've seen him open action figure packages like a maniac one of his let's open it up (laughs) yeah one of his patreon things is called his mini show let him breathe which is what he says before he opens a figure let him breathe out of the package so it's like i'm gonna spend this much amount of money a month to have you open packages like a maniac and watch this for like (laughs) for whatever but then i was like you know what there's so much other stuff it's like that's just so minuscule it's entertaining so it's like you know as long there's more to go by there's more podcasts there's more videos it's like you know what and the fan community is so cool. I want to join this. There's money, is no. I'll put a couple bucks in, and right. uh, and, and it's, it's so money- cool. Like you were talking about, like how much that Patreon's adds in extra. With the thing I bought, like I told you, that Belton shirt thing was 35 bucks. They only made a thousand, so that's an extra 35 thousand dollars plus their Patreon plus this. Like that's a business. That's not even totally
3: like,
1: just like a video and a not videos and on YouTube and a podcast. That's a whole brand and a business that they've built, and that's what I love, and that's what i love for this to do in the future. So, yeah. I mean, well, we'll put up here, like, for 20 bucks a month, you can actually choke Andrew. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd be down for
2: that. I, <laughs> I, yeah, like, we, we have people we know just lining up. But even in the in the way of – I mean, I could tell you right now, and it, it sounds silly, but the truth is that there was something like that where it was an – because it's just automatically built once a month right for your patreon subscriptions i don't have any myself yeah, well, at the top either. of
1: the month it just comes right out
2: right and it's money you probably don't miss because it is so cheap but yeah at a basic basically everybody has a one dollar or two dollar a month contribution which is just contributing to the show Minimal,
1: yeah there's minimal tiers i chose some of them because it's like there's more benefits that way for me as a fan totally but you can get in on like a dollar 99 tier and just have your name on like their website and that's it
2: yeah. Oh, even just a, I've seen somewhere it's a dollar and it's just you have our eternal thanks and blah, blah, blah. And I yeah. thought, you know what? There are a bunch of people who are just friends or family members who have checked out this show here and there. But they would automatically sign up to just give a dollar. And I don't you know, not in a way of like, I'm going to stick up my relatives for some extra money. But like for the sake of supporting <laughs> on a continual basis, yeah. if it's a, a dollar or two dollars a month, yeah, they would gladly do it. And if that money's going into the show. You know, ultimately, even if it's not a business, but at a at a small level, you yeah. know, accumulating over however many hundreds of people or thousands of people, then yeah, builds up the that, channel,
1: buys equipment, right? They get, you know, put hung live events like the like the podcast, the Major Wrestling Figure podcast. They do live shows. Ryan, you might be interested in this next one for if they go when they go back to the real world. Zach Ryder's very into IPAs and there's talk about a show in New York where they're going to do it at a brewery and they're going to have their own exclusive brew, a major brew. So it's like, I'll do it for Ryan. As As a patron, I could get tickets and we could go and, you know, I'm listening.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. See, stuff like that would be great. And yeah, like a group, like where you invite people to a group, uh, a group show, a group Zoom event or a Q&A or something like that. Yeah. Like There's so many different, I've been looking at actually options other podcasts are offering and coming up with something. So for what it's worth, for those who have asked, and I actually have gotten a, a lot more than I expected, because it's something people expect to do. Oh, I like this podcast. How can I contribute? Like yes. at this point in the last few years, I mean, podcasts are ubiquitous. Literally everybody has one. <laughs> so that that's part of it. But people are used to supporting the stuff that they like. Yeah. And it's not just click through the link and, you know, yeah. do this or whatever. It's not just necessarily um, through affiliates or something like that, you know, through yeah, somebody's money website. Goes, you
1: don't know where your money's going. You know where your money's going. So. Exactly.
2: And I keep getting things. I keep getting ads from Patreon, funnily enough, in my social media, like creativity is in your hands and take control of your your output and all this other stuff. And I thought, OK, um, down a lot. It's definitely. something I
1: love that.
2: Yeah, and it'd be boring. it'd be nice to do. I mean, just to be uh, just to be realistic, it's something to look forward to for 2021. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because to build up enough of a catalog, everything much
1: more fun to look forward to in (laughs) 2021, really. Yeah, where we are now, there's not a
2: whole lot of progress going on in the world. But the idea that you know incrementally, the show is just going to get better. Yeah, Um, just better quality and a a bigger catalog.
1: You want to talk about fan communities, Ryan? You've built one pretty much through your Instagram. Honey, I drunk the beers. You have been like. A self-made kind of content nice. creator so talk about that a little bit like yeah. you've been like on fire with your you know your beer yeah the last few
2: months you you really you have... don't
1: just collect toys your beer you know your beer shit like so much i do yeah <laughs> ryan's, ryan's <laughs> yeah.
2: mouthfeel has uh, gotten so much better over the last few months he's able to share his mouthfeel with don't talk with,
1: about my mouthfeel
0: with the instagram community <laughs> um Yeah. So I mean, I was uh, for years, I was just posting, you know, beers that I was drinking on my personal Instagram. And, you know, it was just for fun. And then, you know, Jen, uh, one day was like, why don't you do an actual beer page, like specifically a beer page? I was like, Oh, okay. And then she's like, what if we did, you know, a couple's page? So I was like, Oh, Cause she had seen like a bunch of like, you know, couples that, you know, are into craft beer and they go to breweries and they drink beer together and they, they got into this whole hobby. And we really did too. I mean, you know, going to bars, you know, early on when we were dating, we kind of started getting into craft beer together. So I was like, okay, that would be fun. And so I sat for a while and sort of stewed on a name and, you know, came up with uh honey, I drunk the beer." And she was like, I love it. So that's how that started, and uh, you know, we just uh, we we go to breweries and we buy beer and sort of post about it. And uh, we bought like a photo light box and we take pictures um, and you know just try to have them be as high quality as possible. And then I factor in nerdy shit. Yeah. I always incorporate toys or food or some sort of prop
2: or movies. And, yeah, you get to you um,
0: very it's much so bad. I'll, I'll go on eBay and buy toys because I have a concept of like a, a shot in my head based on that's like what the you name of the
1: beer. Man, that's it. Like, yeah, so yeah.
0: Like the, I'll see like a beer and I see the concept art on the label or the name of it, and I was like, you know what, toy would be perfect for this. And I was like, okay. you know, I don't have it in my collection, so I'll go on eBay and I'll buy a toy or <laughs> some sort of prop. Or you know, if I have it, I'm like, I buy beers based on like the shot that I have in my head based on the name of it and how I can incorporate it with things that I have you know, I'm going to be drinking the beer anyway. So I figured I'd, you know, finally do something creative with it. And we're, we're building a following. And I talk to people all over the country, you know, who are into this and we're making beer friends, doing trades with people, you know, outside the state. And
1: now it's just been a lot of fun and, uh, awesome. and having a blast with it. That's awesome. Do you think like down the line, something you'd be interested in is like beyond Instagram, growing it, like maybe, Hey, I'm going to bump board. I'm, I'm going to start a YouTube page and just, because you could, the numbers show like you put the post up and it's just like rapid fire. The likes just come to you. So yeah, like, I mean,
0: it's it, it's definitely grown. And yeah, I mean, I would I would love to to make something of it because some of these people that we follow, I mean, they have tens of thousands of followers, and they're just posting beer, you know, and they develop this this following, and you know, they eventually find a way to get into the industry or you know, they, they make a whole bunch of friends and they, they get breweries to send them beer for free in the mail. And a lot of them don't even do like actual reviews. They just sort of post a picture of the beer and they're like, here's what I'm drinking. And, you know, they, they just build this, this organic following because people like what they're doing. They take really cool pictures. They, you know, bring beers out to different settings to take the, the shots of them. And that's what I try to do a lot too, and just make it inventive and fun and just sort of my own thing and uh, having a, a good time. So I'm, I'm hoping to make something of it and just keep going with it and yeah. uh, open to uh, ideas of different media to bring it into. And, you know, it's one, one of my hobbies and uh, might as well do something creative with it. If I'm going to be spending all this money on something I'm peeing <laughs> at anyway. <Yeah. laughs>
2: well, that's it, honestly. And that's something that, um, you know, you, you don't realize there are all these niche communities for whatever yeah. it is you're into that are out there where automatically you look and you see how many followers or subscribers. Like Andrew sent me something about this communities. He, he considers himself to be a part of, I'll put it that way. Um, or has recently has considered himself to be a part of, even though not consciously, just as far as being into trucks and knives and, you know, shit like that. And, uh, there's this one YouTuber who he sent me a clip of, who was just speaking in terms of creativity because he's been doing less YouTube videos During the pandemic and he just says he's been feeling less inspired and he doesn't want to he doesn't want the the quality to be bad if he's not into it he doesn't want to put out something that's not as good so he's been posting less frequently and just kind of want to give an explanation of uh, that that part of the process which makes total sense because there may be times even before we started this show because I was having some technical difficulties I was in a bad mood now I'm fine because we're doing it and as is usually the case when we get together it just fixes everything. Uh, the idea of us just yakking with each other always helps. But anyway, uh, th- yeah, the guy has like 381,000 subscribers. And I'm like, Jesus, there are that many people who are into this that this yeah. guy got uh, like he's, he's going to be at half a million subscribers at some point. I just thought, Jesus Christ, I can't believe that there is. But th- there are communities like that <laughs> for everything that we don't yeah. even know about. I mean, we you may watch uh, unboxing videos for toys or movie reviews or something like that on, on YouTube. And you think, wow, these people are killing it with reviews I mean there was yeah. even a point where somebody said to me like you're funny you should do trailer reaction videos and I said ah, I feel like those are fucked out so many people are doing them I'm just yeah. not into it but you look at every time I watch a trailer all the suggested videos are trailer reactions and they've all got tens of thousands of views at least so there was a little part of me that thought mm, maybe I should get in on that even though I don't want to I don't feel like I'm I'm that desperate I'd rather I'd rather do something yeah. like this um, and you sort of
0: wonder like what you're doing wrong you're like because when you look at some of these things how simple they are Oh yeah! How much they blow up and how quickly you're like, why? Why not me? You know? <laughs> oh yeah! yeah. Well, that, that's you kind know, of I'm the... doing this stuff and like you know, why am I not blowing up? Or, or <laughs> what can I do? With
1: this? Had, uh, do me I need to do something? Me... Yeah.
0: Do I need to do something stupider than what I'm doing now? We could have
1: filmed <laughs> me last fall with the Star Wars trailers and watch and put a trailer reaction up. we have got to spike the hits. Yeah. Grown man you know, cry is a grown kid, kid stuff. Man <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, that was that's been one of the things. One of the inadvertent side effects. I don't remember if we talked about it when we did the, the group shows with the three of us and Andrew, but um, I know I mentioned it to you guys in our in our group chat about the fact that since I've been doing Cape again for, since well at this point over four months. The downloads for the only podcast have gone up by, like, a lot. And there hasn't been a new episode in over three years. And uh, as we talked about two weeks ago, it's not to say there never will be. It's just not on the table right now. But never say never is kind of where we're at with it. Um, but this is enough of a facsimile <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> you're you're still kind of getting it. That, uh, you know, that's kind of why we're doing this. Um, and if it leads to more down the line, maybe. But for now, uh, it was just kind of surprising to look at, like, wow, there are old episodes that are getting, like, Hundreds of downloads like over the course of the month, particularly best ofs, which are great because what better a sampling than like, you know, the best of the previous year, which was, you know, the last yeah. one we did for the best of uh, 2017 was like, oh, wow, that that got a lot of hits right away because since that was the most recent episode when you go to any podcast feed for or any any service you use to find somebody's podcast subscription. You know, when you look at the only podcast that matters, it's best of year five is the most recent episode. So that's what people check out. And then they'll go back and look up stuff, certain types of episodes, which can get looked at, which is funny no, that's because how, that's how you go. And, that, but there's no the explaining it. Hole. like, like more downloads than they got initially, particularly episodes from like the first four years where we weren't really tracking it, but I assume more people are checking it out now. I mean, even that last run that uh, we, we mentioned earlier in 2017, at the time couldn't really explain it but you know episodes were getting like 300 downloads the first week and it was just surprising like we haven't done this in two years who are these people (laughs) it was just really weird (laughs) as me who has you know every all the kind of accounts connected and can pull up the statistics at any time like when we were doing that run of shows and that's when i was really like holy shit we need to keep this going even though it didn't happen but uh i was just looking at it and saying damn how is it we're pulling down like three and that may sound like you know, that may sound really minor and, and sad to other people. But for us, we're like, we got 300 people listening a week, like without really? without pushing it at all. Like we very minimal kind of, yeah. you know, we had some Facebook ads sure. and things like and that. Just but we were
1: finding it and just being like, I like it. It's fun. Yeah. What, what else do they have? Especially that Jack guy. What else has he been in? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, that, that's been the idea. What and else like, has he
0: been in? <laughs> the,
2: the idea of like keeping keeping that stuff available, and that's why I've always kind of tried to maintain those feeds, even though, you know.
1: Hashtag most episodes.
2: <laughs> that's true. Yeah, uh, if anyone's curious, Jack has in the most episodes.
1: episodes
0: so. Yeah.
2: But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's just funny because stuff just finds its its way onto to people's ears and eyes. And yep. you, you can't really, you don't really know how it happens, but it, it's just weird that way. So the idea of having a fan community, I will say this in terms of Patreon, just for the sake of establishing it, for those who are interested and those who are enjoying the show and want to contribute in some way, because I have been asked a lot, there will probably be a page created probably by September in that there will be a basic, like, thank you tier, you know, for like two bucks or something, if just you like the show and you want to support it. As far as perks and higher levels, all that stuff will will end up coming with time. But just for the sake of sake of establishing one and for people who do want to contribute be- because I've been asked, I will at least set up one that's that's a basic Patreon just if you want to contribute something as opposed to going to chrisabal.com, clicking on support the show and getting a free audiobook download and free 30-day subscription to Audible or uh, clicking through the Amazon banner. You know
1: what we need? We need a Blue Chew ad. That's what we need to add to this podcast. A what ad? A blue, you never heard of Blue Chew? No. What the hell is that? Well, In a couple of my podcasts advertise it. It's, it's essentially a chewable version of Viagra, but it gets them a lot of ad revenue. So, it's Oh, like, my oh. God. That's hilarious. <laughs> hey, Get I mean, a Blue you, Chew ad. Ad revenue is ad revenue. So. Yeah, yeah, it is.
2: Like, who cares? Like, uh, yeah, we take it. Why not? <laughs> yeah. I say, well, it's for me to
0: be the moral police. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's another thing you do here, like the same, especially for. I mean, Jack, I know you've you've listened to a lot of podcasts as well, and there's I don't listen to as many on a regular basis as I used to, but it is kind of funny that all of them kind of have the same advertisers on them. So you think yeah. like, well, why isn't Squarespace reached out to us? You know, there are those little things where you yeah. realize, hey, wait, everybody's getting advertisements through, uh, you know, so and so. I wonder why. But it, and then it's surprising. Like I got the thing at the beginning of this run of the show. I think it was through the end of May, if I'm remembering correctly. Where uh, it was, I was contacted and, "Do you want to put this official these official CDC PSAs at the top of your show?" Okay, sure. I guess the show had enough attention that uh, I was contacted about it, and it was a legit CDC campaign about COVID nineteen. I said, "Okay, fine, I'll do it." Even though it's just a PSA, makes the show sound official. And I'm all for that. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, all right. We've had enough. So, uh, yeah, we're going to bid you adieu until next Monday. But first, if you want to follow the wonderful and amazing and guy who's done the most interesting stuff out of all of us, Mr. Jack DeFranco, you can follow him on Twitter at JackWagon85 and on Instagram at Jackson Figure 1985. You can follow Ryan on Instagram at Honey, I drunk the beers, separated by underscores, but search that and it'll show up, that's for sure. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Abalo and on Instagram at Chris Sells Out, and follow the show, Cape Pod, on Twitter and Instagram. And the show will be back next Monday for even more. And please, if you haven't subscribed to the show, please hit the subscribe button on the podcast resource of your choice. Give the show five stars, even just that helps. Just giving the show five stars helps it get recommended. When people check out similar shows and similar categories and whatever. Or if you'd like, drop us a little review on your chosen resource as well. Very much appreciate it. And yeah, the idea to grow this and have it become something better with more more stuff, more options, and, and more of a community, definitely a goal. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And until next time, for Jack DeFranco and Ryan Taggart, this is Chris Abalo and this... Was yet another experiment.
3: You put the beer in the coconut and drink it all up. You put the beer in the coconut and throw the can away.